0: Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Jason Waller, true underdog podcast, YouTube, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. We're all over the place. We just got announced top five entrepreneur podcasts in the country and number 21 overall. I got my co-host, my buddy, my ride or die. How you doing, John LeBlanc?
1: Man, I'm doing good. That top five, what was some good news today, huh?
0: What? Did you see that? Top five entrepreneur, but number 21 hottest podcast right now nationwide. Super jacked about that. I want to talk about celebration. I want to talk about intuition. I want to talk about my cool. Look at this cool ass mask, dude. For those watching, look, ready? Oh, I did backwards. Hold on. Watch this. You're going to love this. Okay, look. Dun, 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 dun. Look at that mask, guys. Help, dude, you, help. You got it. You got to get What's some my weird look. What's my <laughs> safe word? I walked into the gym today with that lady. Goes, no, That's like didn't. the coolest mask. I said, I know. Do you
1: have to wear a mask while you're working out the entire time?
0: Yeah, I don't at Lifetime. They come give me shit and I tell them, you know, whatever. I hold a water like this. Yeah, I'm I'm taking taking a drink. drink. (laughs) I'm taking a drink. Not too far off. It's like, hey, guys, the the whole mask thing, my opinion, it's like peeing in the pool, but in the kids' area, but it's still the pool. It's irrelevant. So what are we doing? It's stupid, okay? That's my take on that. Let's get started, dude. I want to get some tidbits out there. Look, I've got some cool things happening right now. I got a little makeup on because I did a commercial today. Power home commercial. Can't tell you the thing. Mm, I want to tell you guys, but I can't. (laughs) You do. (laughs) I almost did. And then, hey, and then um, we've got, uh, I go to California next week. David Meltzer's got that TV show out there. David's uh, podcast comes out this week on Thursday, but his uh, show is called Two Minute Drill. I'm going to be a judge on three of them and hear entrepreneurs do their two minute pitch. And then... The True Underdog Podcast is going to be the pro tip of the day for each one of those contestants on all twelve episodes, so that'll be cool. Come back, go to Atlanta, finish the commercial for Power Home because we've got an epic Super Bowl commercial we're working on right now. So we're super excited about that, and uh, super excited to get this get this podcast started, man. Atlanta,
1: is the Super Bowl in Atlanta? That
0: I don't question? know. If super Bowls in at Atlanta—that's where I'm going to film the commercial. Gotcha. Has the commercial been started yet? Uh, It has, yes, uh, we've done two parts of it. We've done the in and outs. And then today we did, uh, there were some extras there and we did in front of the house as part of the movement. That's the only tips I will give you. But Atlanta, we finished what we're doing.
1: Why Atlanta? Or can you not tell?
0: It's warmer.
1: Oh, got you. Yeah. I
0: mean, Texas and Florida are nice too. They chose Atlanta. It's easier to get (laughs) permits. Oh, gotcha. There's nothing to do with the city of Atlanta that has nothing to do with it. So, what do we got? What do we want to talk about today? I want to get something out there. We're top 5 and number 21 overall, guys. And hey, first of all, I want to say thank you to the listeners, the subscribers. I got your text messages and all your all your messages coming in through email. You know, we we appreciate the, the nice comments and that, you know, we're just trying to put something out there that motivates you, inspires you, gets you to take you to the next step, gets you to overcome adversity. Also, you know, really tell true and real stories that, you know, myself or other underdogs have overcome. And John's really good. He's kind of like a therapist. He comes out and brings everything out uh, into the open pretty well.
1: Yeah, do you think your top five we're top five, however you want to frame that, simply because you have gone with your gut on a lot of this stuff. you've got a lot of people giving you their feedback and their and their their input, right, but like ultimately, you got to make this decision like why?
0: well listen i everything I ever do, you know I'm all in a hundred percent every time, and I think the biggest issue is I get. I try to go with my gut on everything I do. I'm really trying to, my wife said something to me the other night that really hurt my feelings, but I think it's accurate. And I'm going to like, you know, be real. She said, I'm really mean. And I'm mean to everybody. And I shouldn't be mean. And I thought about it. I'm like, I'm not mean. I love helping people out. I, I love inspiring people. I love motivating people. But she's like, your demands are so high from everybody. Your expectations are so high from everybody because they're so high from myself that I sometimes am mean. And that's something I'm gonna work on. And I think my intuition has steered me in the right direction to call BS on a lot of stuff, like, man, that ain't what that salesperson's doing. They're lying. Or man, that you know, that's not what that guy's trying to negotiate. It's this. Like, you know, my intuition's been really good in business and mostly in my personal life. Sometimes I'm wrong. I mean, everyone's wrong sometimes, but usually I'm right. And, you know, I've been blessed with that knack to see things a little further than most people and to have that intuition of what's really going on, where a lot of people are naive. That's been a very good attribute and strength for me uh, in my career and in my life. Uh, But on the other token, you know, you get burned sometimes and you got to be careful. It's important to trust your intuition, I think. But, you know, for me, I set expectations on everybody really, really, really high, and I get upset. You know, I'm a I'm, I'm a bully. You know, and I look. I, I don't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm a bully. It is what it is. I I want to win at all costs. I don't. You know. I, you, you remember watching the Jordan thing? And I am not comparing myself to Jordan, but remember watching the Jordan? You know how they're like he's an asshole, but he wants to win. Like the when I first watched it, wife kind of looks at me like that, that. Like points that that's me. Like at all costs. I want us to win. And I have to learn as I get older and as I try to mature more of not to be so hard on people. Because I am hard. I mean, I'm hard on all the executives. I'm hard on the directors. You came on. You've seen me grow a little bit over the director's calls. But I still I still pull one off where I'm like losing my shit. And I just, you know, there's a fine balance. You know, I, I'm not here for everybody to like me. Because we won't be successful if that's that's the case. I mean, I love Kevin, but Kevin wants everyone to like him, right? I love Ben. Ben wants everyone to like him. I can't have everyone like me. Somebody's got to make the tough decisions. But I don't need to be as hard as I am and as ruthless as I can be. And I wouldn't say ruthless in a bad way. Like, I just, I got zero tolerance for bullshit and I'm not sympathetic and I'm not compassionate. And I ask God for those attributes. I really do. I'm like, How can I be more compassionate? How can I be more sympathetic? And I think with the lives that certain people live, you're just you just not. Your skin is thick, every failure, you just, you know, a pinch used to hurt. Now a a pinch, a bite, a claw, a (laughs) scratch, it doesn't hurt. It's like, whatever. So you just get tougher. And intuition's a big key. I mean, I've used it a lot in business.
1: I mean, you have such finesse and you are able to craft a message so well during a sales presentation or any kind of moment where you may need to influence, right? What allows you to, or what doesn't allow you to be able to do that in a, maybe a one-on-one crucial conversation, or maybe it's a it's a conversation when emotions are high or you're you're just simply pissed off. Like, because I've seen it so many times where you've been able to finesse, there's very little finesse when <laughs> when you're upset. It's just, that's how it is. And what's on your mind is what's going to be said.
0: Well, I think, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and I had this great intuition or this mind reading ability, and that's not what I have. But, you know, in most cases with most human beings that I know or have done business with or partnered with or worked with, I feel like if we were to, to make place a bet of how many times we were right or wrong about a situation or about a person and what, what's going on. I feel like every time I would win every day. T- not, not that I would win each guess that the percentage that I got was, would be more than everybody else. And, and I've seen that, right? You've yeah, seen uh, it, right? You've yeah, seen I've it. seen that. And it's,
1: it's odd how
0: accurate it, it often is. People are like, damn, how did he know about, like, how, how does he figure that out? well, First of all, let me, let me for the listeners and viewers out there. You know, I don't have a silver spoon. I didn't pe- nothing nobody gave me anything. I did they're like, here's a business, you know, go to school, you went to Harvard. I didn't go anywhere. In fact, they no college. So I'm like, I'm like for the people, right? You ever seen, you know, Fred Claus, people for the people, right? Like I came through the ranks of the people. So I know what people are thinking. I don't need to be some Ivy League six-pack Went to college doc and say, oh, I don't know what the people are doing, right? I gotta, gotta take my shots at the guys with six packs out there. But but listen, you know, I'm I'm real. Doesn't make me better, it makes me fucking real. And when you're real and there's no bullshit and you've been through it, you know what smells like shit. And I always say if it smells like shit, it tastes like shit, it looks like shit. I promise it's shit, right? There's not a doubt. A lot of people are like. You know, and that's not, look, I'm, I'm a positive dude. I wake up, me and my wife had this conversation. I said, look, I wake up and no matter how hard my day is, I'm happy. I'm ready to take it on. I'm excited. I love pressure and I'm positive. I look at the most positive outlook. This situation is half glass full. This issue, how do we come up with a solution and be better? No excuses. I'm always positive. However... I don't buy people's bullshit. That doesn't make me negative. It means I don't buy their bullshit. I don't buy their excuses. I don't buy their, their reasoning. I just don't buy it because I've either been in those shoes or been around somebody that's been in those shoes where I have figured a lot of it out. And so based on experience, I've learned to get my intuition a lot better over time, to start reading people a lot better. Like, I know what that person's thinking. I know what that, I kind of am similar to what that what that person's going through. You know, I, I understand why that person did that. So it makes me figure things out faster. And, you know, also you gotta trust your intuition. If my gut tells me, you know, first of all, I like to take, you know, we science, the data of stuff, right? And you weigh it out and you go, okay, if, if we make these decisions going into this new market, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. And if we go into this market, we've got that, we've got that, we've got that. And They're both similar. What do we do? Like this one could be more profitable. This one can grow faster. What do we do? I always go with my gut. Whatever my tells me. I had a dream the other day, like literally a dream the other day that we we're going to kill it in Georgia. We've been debating Georgia or Wisconsin. Came mm-hmm. into the office yesterday. I said, "Guess what we're doing, guys? What we're going to Georgia? <laughs> Why? Because I had a damn dream on it, and I feel good about it. Because we can't make up our minds, and somebody's got to make a decision. We're going to Georgia, but I feel good about Georgia. In in Tennessee, in our business, we do very well because we offer solar with a battery and a generator because they don't do net metering in Tennessee." So we can do that same thing in Georgia and do very well. There's not a lot of competition. When there's not a lot of competition, you take more of the of the uh, of the shares of the customers there and, and the percentage of shareholder there. That's important for you to capitalize on that. When there's no competition, it's harder to build a brand, right? And explain the product. But that's what we do best. But it's easier to not sit here and play ping pong with John. No offense, John, or, or Frank's solar company down the street that isn't doing it. Yeah, it's like we're not the same thing. So. You know, that, that's how you make a decision with intuition and in business. You got to go with your gut. First, you look at the data. You can't just always go with intuition first. You analyze the data or what you know to the best of your ability, but never doubt your intuition. If you feel like somebody needs an opportunity, give it to them. If you feel like somebody is 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 you know shitting the bed, call them out on it. If you feel like something's going on, you got to make a decision on it. You can't just let it sit and fester because that bad intuition Turns into the doubts later. What if? What if I would have done that? Why didn't I do that? Then you start to doubt yourself, and when you doubt yourself, you never grow.
1: Yeah, and there's there's that spiraling down. You know, just you become maybe negative or lack of confidence, and then you just start to lose control of yourself and what your actual purpose is, right? And I think all too often, earlier you said, you know, positive, and, and you are positive, right? But I think people mistake positive and nice, like because. This person's not always nice. They're not positive. And that's not true.
0: Would you say I'm mean? No, you're real.
1: I think, look, I think there's people that can craft a message. We talked about this last podcast. I think as a society, we tend to make our teachers cater to our children and our coaches cater to our players and our bosses cater to the people, right? Where we don't have the people anymore be like, hey, you have to understand the situation your teacher's in or your coach is in or your boss is in. And you got to understand that. So I think it's two way street, right?
0: I think, I think you're right. And I appreciate that. I just, I think it's something I need to work on is, is really my approach. Sometimes my delivery is harsh, but that's all I know. And it's something that I'm working on and I'll, I'll be the first to tell all the listeners and viewers out there, like I'm growing too, guys. I'm not at the, I'm not at the top. I, I I'm growing. And so I challenge myself and, and push myself and and follow my intuition of what I need to do better. Like, I probably need to deliver that a little better. I was probably a little too harsh. You know, I'm rough around the edges. I'm still polishing all the time.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important that your organization, Power Home, understands that. That's part of this podcast, right? We want people to understand where you came from, right? You're not mean. You're just... Sometimes impatient, and you need to get the point across quickly because you got to be under the next thing. And there's a lot of things that factor in that, right? But I can understand why people would think that. I can understand why your wife would say that. And it's it's, it's nice that I'm you am going to work. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so I think we've actually had going with your gut and some intuition talks before. But if someone's new or just starting to listen out there, maybe watching us, how do you sharpen? your intuition. I know you talked about experience, right? Going with your gut, but I'm saying, cause I think I've even seen you have data stacked against the way you ended up going, right? Like I've, you've been in that situation where you're like, here's the data, the data is telling us to do this, but I feel we should go this way.
0: Yeah. Well, I can, we know two situations like that, that are, that are intimate to us. When COVID came out about closing, we talked about closing and we didn't. Um, there was a, an argument with our executives where I said we can't we can't shut the doors down. You know, too many employees need to make a paycheck. Too many customers still want a product. We need to be as safe and as, and as you know as proactive as possible. And we took ourselves off payroll. As the executives for three or four months, and then we shared that story to help motivate some of the employees. And then some of the directors even stepped up, and some of the sales team, and they wanted to donate and did some of their payroll to help stay open during that time. And we worked with some vendors to kick the can down the road of paying them later, so we can get through that 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 tough time. Which we ended up growing for it. I mean, it it empowered our team to go, "Wow, look what we can do!" And we lost a couple, you know, a handful of employees. You know, we told them stay at home if you're scared. You're going active. You know, after that, use your vacation, use your PTO time. After that, you go inactive. But we lost some because unemployment was paying an astronomical amount. And some people would rather stay at home and get paid. I ain't mad at you. I get it. But, you know, as that phased out, you know, we brought on, we ended up doubling in size. We went from 750 employees to almost 1,700. So over double. And that's because of the mindset of us. It was so easy for us. And the data showed to go ahead and furlough everybody and take a pause. But my gut... My intuition at that time told me, no, dude. And it's not selfish. I didn't get paid. We, we were off payroll. This wasn't about selfish drive. This was about guilt of the 750, or 800 employees we had at that time. Now it's 1,700. But at that time of, what about Marcy who's in customer service and she's a single mom? She's got to buy diapers. What about Mike who's an installer and he's the only provider at home and he's got a power bill, hopefully a solar bill, and, and groceries to buy, Right that's where it becomes real. And you have to make decisions. If I'm going to live with a decision, yes, I'm going to look at data, but my intuition overrides that. If I feel that strong, if I'm uncertain, you follow the data. If I feel that strong about something, I'm going to bet on what my intuition is telling me. At that time, it was successful. Right. And we ended up growing and we would, you know, knock on wood, we didn't have a lot of cases of COVID and everybody's been healthy. It's been great. It's been a good run. Right. We're still doing what we need to do. And for those listening, yes, the executives are back on payroll. Finally it took a <laughs> while, but we're back. Okay. But another time was in the, going into the new year. You know, I, the executives, Ben talks about it all the time. He's our CSO. You know, I wanted us to do something different. In our business, we offer solar and anybody can offer solar. They're knocking on doors, hey, change your power bill to this. That's great. But, you know, I wanted us to be in the forefront. I see electric cars coming. I see all the power outages coming. You know, all these things, the issues that we have going on, kind of stacked against us at home. And so I challenged all of us as we went into the new year to try to be at 30% for the first quarter, I mean, for the uh, beginning of the year for battery attachment. And they were told, no way we do it, no way. And I said, no, we're we're going to be able to do it. I said I'd like to be at thirty percent, you know, going into the half, the beginning, first two quarters of the year, be at sixty percent by the end of the year. And they all doubted. They were they, no, even Ben will say they were like, this isn't this doesn't make sense. Why would someone pay extra for a battery and storage to go with solar? And I said, well, because people like to buy things that are beneficial to them. Not everything is about just saving money. Sometimes people buy internet, or they buy a cell phone, or they buy a car, or they buy shoes, they buy things. When you get solar and then you get battery and storage, you're not saving money. I mean, you, you, it's costing you money. But what, but what you're doing is you're empowering yourself to control your power cost and control any power outages and be set up for the future for time of use and the list goes on. Right? Of all the benefits and perks, and I'm not trying to sell everyone solar. I'm giving an example of our business. So I, my intuition, said we need to be different. Even our largest competitors, Tesla, who sells batteries. Right for cars and Sunrun. They weren't over 30% attachment rate. And I said, Well, I want us to be better and bigger. Well, it worked. And then we partnered with Generac right before the pandemic and things aligned. And I'm glad to say that here we are in November. We're at 78% battery attachment. That means every hundred customers we get, 78% of them get battery and storage, and they're prepared for the future. We don't want customers calling us back. In a year, saying I want a battery, and we've got to, you know, it's like it's like removing a whole. You got to remove everything we do. You don't want to deal with that mess. So we're being proactive with the consumer, giving them better financing, discounted, doing the things we need to do. But it's it's really put our print, in you know, our thumbprint on this industry of look at this company that's adding all these batteries and storage for the future. It makes us different, just like with our energy efficiency package or Smart Three Hundred and Sixty. You know, efficiency package that we do with every customer it makes us different with blown insulation, LED lights, all that stuff. That's important. But you got to follow your intuition. The data said we wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm a big believer. If you believe in something enough and it feels good in your gut, you got to do it. You got to try it. You can't make excuses. You can't be scared. I always say, scared money don't make money. You've got to bet on what you believe and follow that intuition. And against the grain and my team again, I said, guys, trust me. Trust me on this one. I promise it's going to be okay. And I love Ben to death because he comes out and says, dude, Jason saw this. He said, we said, no way. And he said, yep, this is what we're going to do. And it worked out. Luckily, I mean, I'm glad it did. (laughs) You know, it would have sucked if it didn't. But, you know, what? I'm a big believer. If you believe in something and you empower something and you empower your people and you get everyone to believe in it, it's going to happen, dude. There's nothing that can stop you but you.
1: Well, yeah, and that's a good point, right? So, like, your intuition is a lot of the times you're, you're going to get behind your gut, your intuition a lot more than you would data, right? So when you, when you're behind something and you're, you're passionate, that's going to come out in your voice, your message, your, your conversations to your team and, and whatnot. So that helps that ripple effect just reach further and further and further, and we and you know, we saw that in both of those cases, right? So you you believe strongly in in your point, and, and you got behind it, and then people kind of follow follow suit. They they get behind that with someone, right? With yourself. So I got a question for you. You go with your intuition a lot. Is there situations or what happens when your intu- intuition fails? You? Do you stop? believing in it or are you less confident in your decision-making or are you
0: all always- Na- naturally naturally you 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 would think that's the case right you'd be like damn it dude i i was wrong about that person or i was wrong about that situation but that's where the positive mindset comes in right the best baseball players in the world hit the ball three out of ten times not ten out of ten not nine out of ten three out of ten their intuition is swinging at a pitch and they're hitting it three out of 10. And they're not freaking out about the seven they didn't hit. And I think it's the same case in life and in business with intuition. You have to follow what you believe, period. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You pick up the pieces and you do it again. I've been wrong. I've been wrong about people I hired. I thought, I'm like, this person's going to be a game changer for us. Totally wrong. Totally wrong shit show, created problems, liar, whatever. You name, it. I've I've had some bad hires in my life. Before I got married, bad girlfriends. This is the one. <laughs> eh, not at me, come on, right? You get bad decision-making. You know, you, you your intuition, oh, you know, it's okay if I go here, nothing's going to happen to me and something happens and you're like, oh. but you can't beat yourself up. I mean, I'm always trying to be forward-thinking. So when something is great and I hit my intuition, which I told you, I feel like I hit my intuition my intuition 70% of the time, not 30% of the time, like batting. I feel like my intuition's at 70. I'm really lucky. Like it's it, it happens. But those three or four out of 10 that I don't hit on, that I was wrong on, I just focus on the ones I do and stay positive. Because once I start looking negative, now I'm going to second guess my intuition. And now we're talking about confidence. You know, we're talking about the ability to overcome things or second guess yourself. And that's a whole nother conversation dealing with problems and you're slowed down in the mud, right? The goal is to stay the hell out of the mud and stay on the road and stay forward. And you're going to stay forward as long as you, in my opinion, follow your gut and believe in something. And that's the biggest case. If if your intuition is going to help other people, not just yourself, I feel like you're almost always going to be right. Now, if your intuition's only going to help yourself, you might be right sometimes. But if your intuition is going for a good cause to help other people, like a company, like a business, like employees, like customers, like friends or family, if you feel and it's going to be beneficial to the world, usually I'm a big believer of like karma and things like that, then things go the right way. If you don't and it's very selfish, my intuition says this, and I'm going to buy like that. That's that's different. That's not real intuition. That's that's want. So intuition is making a decision, in my opinion, that's going to be impactful for those outside of yourself. Okay. And where do you go from there? Do you feel like that's the right gut move or not? And you got to try to believe in it.
1: Yeah. And when it steers you wrong, like, do you have this thing in the back of your head? Um, I guess, if, and when it steers you wrong, you can just, let's just say like worst case scenario, business collapses tomorrow. Is it in your head where you're like, no problem. I'll just start another one. And then if that one goes under another one and then another one until I succeed again. Is that something that you lean on or are you, are you in such control mode right now because you've grown this to a massive size where you're like, I have to be right most of the time. Where's your head at?
0: So I wouldn't want to start another one, right? This is my <laughs> third company. Okay. Let me make that clear. I'm not interested the interest in starting a new business. So I, I I don't have a plan B. You know, we had a podcast back in the day. I did one with Johnny and George Nikolai and they own Salon 6 in Birmingham, Michigan. So shout out to those guys. The episode was called No Plan B. You know, they took their dad's money. The bank gave them money. Dad ripped up a check. They took their dad's money and had to open a thing. And if they failed, they had to live with their dad and their dad mortgaged his house. So they didn't have plan B. I live my life in business running it somewhat like that and what i mean by that is is i'm not planning on failing so there's no plan b now i will find little reserve roads meaning like if this part of marketing doesn't happen we better have some other linear markets that we can you know marketing avenues we can deal with i like to be prepared i like to have options for our company but if our company shuts down dude i don't have a plan b I have a plan B, C, D, all the way to probably double Z while we're running it of of layers of what we can do to protect us. What can we do to continue to grow? Like I've got all those channels zoned in, right? It's It's like an aircraft, you know, getting ready to land. It's got 50 million versions of redundancy before it lands so it doesn't crash. That's the kind of plan B through triple Z I have in the company. But, if the overall company were to fail, I don't have a plan B and I don't want to because then it's too easy to lose focus. I'm all in. If I'm all in, I'm all in. I'm all in. So I I can't fail. I do love, we talk about this. I do love the pressure, but it is stressful. It is, I I love it, but it's stressful because when I make a decision, I have to think of all 1700 employees. I have to think of their families, and that's why I'm mean or direct when I say this shit stick is not doing his job and costing 1,699 other employees money. Growth, because this tart doesn't want to do what he wants to do. <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm not his fucking friend. He's lazy. He ain't doing his job. It doesn't make me fucking mean. It makes me, like you said, real or direct, yeah. right? This is a white box. It's not fucking blue. It's white. So if you tell me it's blue, <laughs> you're fucking wrong. It's the same thing. I'm a big believer. If you get paid 100% of your paycheck every single week, that shit comes in bi-weekly. Bam, bam, bam. Your count's there. And it's 100%. Then as an organization, and this is for all those business owners out there, you shouldn't expect, you should fucking demand at least 100% effort from your team. At least effort from your team because they're getting 100% paycheck. You should get 100% effort. So anybody in our organization or any business that I have anything to do with, now or in the future, I don't care if you don't have skills, we'll teach them. I don't care if you make mistakes. Try not to make the same mistake. You're allowed to make a mistake. Just don't make the same mistake twice. Work on a different mistake and learn from your mistake to get better. Like don't stay in the same mistake. But the things we can't control are when we hire people and that we can't fix them because they have bad attitudes or because they're lazy or they're negative or they have their own agenda and they're not all in. It's just a job or they're it's a stepping stone. You're going to get a lot of that fluff. That's why we got that 80-20 rule. We fire 20% of our staff every month to bring in the best and the hungry, want the best lineup we can have. It's important. That's an intuition thing for me too. I feel like some people out there just—it's just a job to them. They don't care, and I—you can't make everybody happy. We don't sell ice cream, John. We're not out there like, "Hey guys, I got sherbet and I got ice cream, dairy-free and (laughs) non—what do you want?" We don't do that, and I'm not going to pretend we do that. But I am going to be as real as real can be. And the real thing is, is for business owners out there and people that are paying your employees or managing your employees, they get paid 100% demand, 100% effort because they owe that to you. They don't have to have the best skill set. Work with them. They don't have to have the best knowledge. Teach them. But damn it, they could give you 100% effort if that damn check clears for 100%. I'm a believer in that. And that's where a lot of my intuition comes in is because I'm a big believer of people not putting forth their effort that that they need to sometimes because they take things for granted. And I try not to take shit for granted. Yeah, I didn't have a lot growing up. Parents worked hard, but we didn't have much at all. And so I don't ever want to lose what I've got, but I really don't want to lose what our company has for our employees. That's a bigger loss than me. Sure, if the company shut down, I mean, I don't have debt. I'd find something to do. But I would feel like a loser. I failed my team. I failed you. I failed our company. That I can't. That, that is hard for me. I can't do that. I can fail myself. I can't fail everybody else that needs me to be the leader. I can't do it. I won't allow myself to do it. And that means that I've got to make those tough decisions and follow my intuition. What the hell's going on with that sales team there? That leader, I have a dinner with that guy and that guy seems a little off. I start to second guess and my intuition tells me this guy's a shitbox, and he's building his own company. Ding, ding, ding. We need to move on. Get rid of that milk before it ruins everybody else. Yet Not one time ever, ever, ever do I know anybody that goes, man, I probably should have never fired that person. Nope, probably shouldn't have. Should have kept them. I don't know anybody that's ever done that. I have fired thousands of people. I've never said, shit, I should have never fired that person. Not one fucking time, John, not one. But there's been times that go, fuck, I should have fired that person earlier before they contaminated the rest of those guys and sold them bullshit and fucking poisoned them damn it, I should have been smarter than that. Why would I let that asshole do that? Why would I let that person take advantage of those young employees here and sell them bullshit and take them off to go run to go do nothing and now they all have to follow NDAs and have nothing, that's bullshit. That I've done. I've never gone, yeah, I shouldn't have fired that person. No, I've never done that. Now, I don't know, maybe somebody has. It's different if you have to let someone go because you can't pay your bills or your closing. That's different. That's guilt. But- to just fire, you fired them for something. Sometimes you gotta fire people earlier. Follow your intuition, that's all I'm saying. And I know a lot of people don't wanna hear that, but when you're running a business, you're looking at 10 beautiful faces. Two of them gotta go, I believe that. Two of them got to go because they're holding the other eight back. And really only two of them are driving that that train and six are riding and the other two are going the other way. That's how this usually works. It's not exactly 80-20. It could be 90-10 this month and 70-30 next month. But what I've seen in three companies and thousands of employees come and go. We've hired almost 2,000 employees this year. We're at 1,700 total. You can do the math. We're churn and burn, dude. Churn and burn, right? Churn and burn. But we've had people with us four years, five years. We were just talking earlier. I was on a call the entire, almost six years. A couple have been here since the very beginning, like in first 30 employees. It's great, and a lot of companies that worry about tenure. Tenure is great if you're already established and you've got stockholders that care about return on their money, being two or three percent, and they want steady and easy. But damn it, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, or you're you're a sales manager, or you're running a brand new lash lounge or barber shop or you know, bunt cake or restaurant. Damn it, you're not about keeping people flatlined. You're about the rocket ship, dude. You want that V. You want to you grow, dude. You want it to fly up? Then you're going to have to get rid of the shits tards that hold you down, dude, and, and replace them with A's and B's. C's have got to go. Do not settle. You pay someone 100% of their pay. They owe you 100% effort. They don't have to be the best. Teach them to be the best. But damn it, they can give you that effort. That that I just believe.
1: What if you have a a C player that's highly experienced, a little bit lazy, maybe even a little bit negative. Are you bringing in a B that's not experienced, highly positive?
0: I'm bringing in the B. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Better long-time decision? Dude, yeah. it's a better. You, you, so when you look at people, employees, employers out there, entrepreneurs out there, love your people like they're family because they are. You're running a company, love them like your family, give them the shirt off your back, go to war for them, take care of them, do what you got to do. But also know that when you're grinding and when everybody's working their asses off for the same thing, you cannot accept people's laziness and no effort when you are grinding and the rest of the people are grinding and they're holding you back. And you can't accept people being negative You can teach people how to do things better. You can work with them. I look at people, I love them, but I look at them and I see, you you think of a draft. You draft a guy, it's an 80, but you see that they got the potential to be a 95. The raw talent to be a 95, there's a grade. So for all the employees that I know and that I'm intimate with and that I've hired or I'm a part of, I love them, but there is a grade above them. There's a grade they are and a grade that they peak at. At least in my opinion, that might be wrong. That's how I look at everybody. Even Kevin Klink, my business partner. Even Steve Murphy, our president, Ben, everybody. I have my own perception of what their their raw talent grade is and what their grade is now. And some have already peaked. And that's okay if that number works for that position. But some have not peaked. They just need guidance. They just need education. They just need experience. But they have the passion. They have the want. They have the desire. They're positive. Those are the ones with really high talent grades up there that's raw. And you've got to get them to that point. And I, I envision, you know, that's that's winning. I always We always tell our leaders, John, you hear us all the time. You know, our best leaders in the company develop new leaders. They empower new leaders. They're growing and training new leaders. Those are the best infectious employees you can have. It's not just about the numbers. The best is the best. You know how many times we fired the top sales rep? Many. Because of integrity, because of attitude, because of feeling like they're owed more than they are. Like, dude, no. Like, the comp plan is the comp plan, dude. It's unlimited. You sell more, you get paid more. You don't get a special deal because you outsold everybody. That's what the awards are for. It's what the bonus is. What are you doing? It ain't a negotiation. It's our job. This is what we do. Is We're, fucking, we're not negotiating. We're not NAFTA. What the fuck, we look like we're niggas. Ne- what are we doing? <laughs> but people get cocky and arrogant. You know, we talked about it. I talked about it in a podcast with Ben recently that sometimes we give too much kudos to certain people. They don't know how to handle it. And then they get bigger than the system and they feel entitled. Then they want to go do it on their own. You're going to have that anyways, no matter what business you open. I don't care if you open up a Kool-Aid stand and it's running. You're going to have some people go, man, I can open up my own Kool-Aid stand you know what? That's okay. That's what life's about. That's what entrepreneurship's about. I ain't mad at you. I get it. But you're going to have to empower the right people that want to be a part of your Kool-Aid stand so they can have ownership in your Kool-Aid stand and be the biggest, baddest Kool-Aid stand out there. Those are the people you want to keep, not the people that want to go do it on themselves. And you can work with those who want to do it on themselves and eventually when they leave. If it's a good leave. That's okay. But most of the time, it's not a good leave. They're out for their own agenda. You got to sniff that out early. And there's nothing wrong with entrepreneurs out there leaving it. Like you know, I, I got into security business on my own. I didn't work for somebody else, and I got into solar business on my own. So I can't say that I'm ever been guilty of either of that. But I have known good people that have worked for me that went on to open up a similar business, and they ran a good business. I ain't mad at them. It's what they were built for. It's what they wanted to do. They did it the right way. I've had several that went and did it the wrong way, tried to lie, cheat, steal, take employees. It's just ugly. But back to the employees, when, you, when you're when you using your intuition and you're going through, you asked about a C guy who has got all the talent in the world, but is negative and is somewhat lazy, and a B that has not a lot of talent, but is super passionate and super positive and not lazy. You can teach that B so much. And that's the best challenge. How can I get that B to be an A? You know, It's harder to get a C to a B than it is a B to an A. That C to a B, usually they're a C because of personality or work ethic. And those are things, you know, I had that podcast with, uh, the ex CEO of Chipotle and we got that book out there. I'm gonna give a shout out to his book. Uh, love is free and guac is extra, right? <laughs> All the managers are getting it. You're going to get one, John. That's awesome. But what's, what's important about it is, is he brought up a very good point. He said, you know, when you go to Burger King and the tables are gross but you go to Chipotle and they're not, it's not that the Chipotle guys know how to clean better. It's that they're empowered and they've hired the right type of person. They've hired that person who's positive and wants to do more and is hungry and not lazy. They haven't hired that person that feels entitled or feels like they're told what to do so they do it, not that they want to. It's the only difference. It's not a skill set to wipe the table. It's the same thing, you know, coaching someone and talking to someone to go into solar, you know, to sell solar or to install solar or customer service or, you know, telemarketing or, you know, an admin or HR or whatever your job is, or your teacher, whatever you are, doctor, it's the same thing. You, you either love it, you want it, and you're about it. And that's what good leaders can find that most cases to go, that's a person I can build with. I would use the advice of looking at a score grade on people that you surround yourself with in your business, in your class you know, as your sales team, as your training team, whatever, whoever's on your team, you should secretly, you know, in your head, man, that person's an 85, but they could be a 98. Oh, I'm going to put some time in them. That person's a 90, but that's all they're ever going to be a 90. And that's okay. I need a 90. So I don't need to give them a lot because there's not much more growth there, but they're doing a good job. That person's a 75. It could be a 99. And I'm really going to pay t- attention. That person's an 80 and isn't going anywhere. I probably need to cut the string right? You got to make these decisions as you go. And you'll be wrong sometimes, but follow that intuition.
1: Just like Madden, right? You get your, get your scores, you get your your player's scores, right? And then employee trackers are so crucial to teams, right? If you don't have an employee tracker, make one. It's great to see what you could come up with when you have your name, and your ranking and what kind of coaching opportunities you discover simply by just putting it on paper, or maybe it's coaching, you know, up. And we talk about all this, you know, all the time is, is coaching out and, and maybe even helping that individual do something that's just not intended where they're at right now. Right. So I'm going to help you take this next step. <laughs> it's not going to be here. It's just not cutting out. Right. So, and that's cool.
0: That's right. And, and, and I think if you look at your employees, like someone who, what they cost the company or what they make the company, that's the wrong move, right? You can figure all that on reports for departments. But when you look at somebody of where are they and what can they grow into? So you give them a current grade and and an overall where they can go to. And you said it just like Madden, every year you gain more attributes and your rating goes up. Some people have peaked in our organization. A lot of them have. That's okay as long as their number is good for their position for our team. As long as it's good, it's okay. But if it's not, and they don't have any potential, ugh, you got you to move on fast. You can't sit around.
1: I'll just go through where intuition kicks
0: in. It. Well, that's, dude, that's how I, I don't know. I don't have a test. I test everybody. My conversation with somebody, their work ethic, what they're bringing to the table on a director's call, what their numbers are, how their personality. I mean, I, I, I talk when I, I can't give a grade on 1,700 people. I can give a grade on all the directors, some of the regionals some of the project manager or regional managers and installs. Uh, you know, mo- I can give a grade there where I'm involved. I-, I wouldn't be educated enough to give a grade for someone who works for you or someone who is a salesman. or. An, I couldn't do that. It, I, some, I, I wouldn't know. But I would know that the people I interact with, where they're at and where their potential grade is and how do we get them there. And it's got to be paced. People that grow too fast sometimes can't handle success and you'll end up creating a monster. And You have to be careful, you know. You, there, me and Ben talked about it. It's a great podcast. The other day it comes out. You know, so you got no one to push, you got no one to pull, you got no one to kick. I kick a lot, and I push some, and I, I don't really pull often. But you know, you gotta. There, there's a different. There there are people that I, you know I have been guilty, and I'm close to that are that work for us that we have given accolades to, and it's gone to their head, and it's kind of ruined them. And I hate that because they're great people and they're still great people and they're a great employee, great asset to the company, but they get, they get a little raw and negative because they feel more entitled because everyone forgets that at the end of the day, we're a cog on a wheel, on a truck, on a road, going to the same place. Nobody's bigger than the system. You can get a attaboys, you can get trophies, accolades, awards, that's all great. But the moment you... People start thinking it's because of them the company's successful. Is the moment you've created a monster, and it happens a lot in sales. And so you got to be careful, and you've got to reiterate to those people that we're all in it together, and you're our best one, and that's great. But it's not because of Michael Jordan they won all the championships. He's a big part of it. He scored the most points, but it was a team. It's not just because of Tom Brady. He needed Belichick. He needed his team. You can be important to an organization. You should know your value in an organization, but you should never be bigger than the organization or you shouldn't be there and that organization should move on. Bam. 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 That's it, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it. how I feel. <laughs> I've, I've been the best salesperson at Verizon <laughs> and First Union. You didn't see me go, hey, motherfuckers, y'all giving me the bank? Am I, am I, am I going to be owned First Union or Verizon now or what's the deal? Hell no. Wouldn't it go? Hey, can I get paid more than everybody else? Can y'all pay me more to sell cell phones? Like, can I get more than her? Like, you can't do that. You got to be reality check, guys, reality check. Be the best you can at your job and be part of something bigger and greater rather than be self-induced and it's your own thing. Otherwise you're at the wrong place. You need to go do you. And that company needs to get rid of it. Like, that's unhealthy. And, and unfortunately- You know, we've had to back off on some of that because, you know, sometimes we're wrong. We'll overdo it. And then some people need to be TLC a lot. Some people get in a hole and if you don't show them enough attention, they fall apart, guys. It goes both ways. And you're like, oh, this person's high maintenance, but that's what they need to be successful. Find a way to show them the attention they need. But that also can be draining and poisonous, just like too much where they think they're bigger, when they're sucking too much attention out and that's what they need. They can't be an adult. You know, there's a problem there. Yeah. Intuition, guys. <laughs> Intuition. Intuition. Go with it. your gut. Go with that's your gut. It. Good stuff.
1: Good stuff. Good I love stuff. it. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. All right, yeah. dude. Well, hey, I think that's a wrap on today's episode. Let's do it again next week. John, I appreciate it. That's a wrap for True Underdog. We got iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcast, Castbox, YouTube, go to trueunderdog.com. Bam! And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam! Bam. Bam. True Underdog. Bam!